You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And it's the third one in our November weirdos are watching this during the holiday time marathon. Yeah, unique family movies to watch with your families over the holidays that aren't the normal holiday family watch things. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're not watching the Home Alones in this weirdos family. We're watching, you know. We're watching something. What did we watch this week, man? I can't remember. Come on and slam. Welcome to the jam. We watched Space Jam. In the deepest reaches of space, a sinister force prepares an invasion. And all that stands between the world and disaster. Uh, You were expecting maybe the Easter Bunny? Is a rabbit, a duck, a doll, and a bull. Not that bull. Smile, okay? This bull. What kind of camera is that? What's going on here? I thought you'd never ask. Don't move a muscle. You see, these aliens come from outer space. They want to make us slaves, so we challenge them to a basketball game. You heard of the dream team? Well, we're the mean team. What I'm trying to say is... We need your help! Perhaps I could be of some assistance. On November 15th, get ready to run. The Monstars stole the talent from the NBA players. Get ready to slam. Five NBA players all suffering from the same mysterious ailment. Get ready to jam. But what if we win? Forgive me. Warner Brothers. Ah. How about we go out and kick some alien butt, huh? Invites you. Ready? To enter a world beyond any you've ever imagined. Hey, what the? Nice butt. Michael Jordan. Bugs Bunny. And the best of the NBA. Duck. Yes. You go to the hall and dominate. We own defense. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I don't play defense. Space Jam, an Ivan Reitman comedy of epic proportions. I love basketball. Try your best in everything you do. Only in theaters November 15th. Directed by Joe Pitka. Oh, man. Get ready to jam. And get ready for all the early and mid-90s music to just come roaring back into your brain. Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome this is... to the Space Jam. Uh, what are they, the Quad City DJs? Is that who does that? I, I think don't remember. that's who does the theme. I'll find out. Uh, go ahead and talk and I'll find out. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, this is what I would call like a seismic generational movie and so the music of the time the pop culture of the time this is if you need a time capsule of what 1996 looked like and sounded like it's this movie it's space jam yeah and you also fly like an eagle 
Seal. Seal did that, Seal's right? version of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seal's cover of it. Yeah, Quad City DJs did the Space Jam theme. So. Yeah, and, and then R. Kelly, I believe I can fly. Like, this soundtrack was just everywhere. Salt and Pepper was in this, Coolio. So many. Just 90s. Bam! Spin Doctors. Boom, boom, boom. It's all in there for you. Yes. If you were alive at this time, you know all these things. <laughs> they were around you always. I do remember, even though I wasn't huge, my brothers and I weren't huge into this movie, I remember the Quad City DJ's song for this, Welcome to the Space Jam, because it was just everywhere. You could not escape it during the mid-90s. Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. And I think they really tapped to beyond just that song, but all the songs that you would hear at the sporting events, particularly basketball games. Mm-hmm. They like they the, this soundtrack is like a jock jams kind of soundtrack, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you kind of like the two people leading this, you know, the character of Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan. This is an interesting like dynamic of two pop. I mean, Bugs Bunny pop culture, and then you've got you know Michael Jordan and sports culture. Like these are two giants coming together for a movie. Yeah, like I said, this is this was just seismic in terms of how much of an impact it had pop culturally at this time. Like Michael Jordan being the biggest sports star of the early nineties. Bugs Bunny just everyone grew up on Looney Tunes so even 90s kids when there weren't necessarily new Looney Tunes were still growing up on the old Looney Tunes and you know it was just it was and it had the jock jams it was just plugged in to everything that was super hot in 96 yeah this would be right now like Minecraft and LeBron James coming together it's just like you know because Minecraft is so huge in the pop culture uh, maybe like 15 years ago or 10 years ago, it would have been Pokemon and, you know, whomever else was popular in basketball. It's just like massive coming together. And I can say that I finally played a little bit of Minecraft at my uh, nieces uh, like a year ago, and I don't get it. I mean, <laughs> I, I do get it, and I think it's cool to have that creativity and everything. But when I was playing it, I'm like, so what do we do? You're like, oh, you're just building. So it's Legos? Now, I'm sure there's someone out there who plays Minecraft, and they're like, no, Steve, you're way off. Correct, because I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. I don't subscribe to any, any of that stuff. I just I don't play games, period. So like, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't understand it. But, you know, I, I do see, you know, uh, that this or even like a Fortnite, you know, these are super popular things right now. So if you wanted to do a space jam-esque thing these are the things you got to tap into yeah and i fortnite's one i've never even touched either so like these two mega giants of the video game world and everything i really just don't understand yeah i just it's not my thing so i just don't know anything about it i'm useless when it comes to any of that stuff (laughs) yep now this all started i think from what i remember it was the commercials Air Jordan and Hair Jordan, or whatever they called. Um, do you remember those commercials, Bugs Bunny? Can't you sleep around here? What's all the racket? 
what's up? Chuck! I was only kidding. Gruesome, ain't it? <laughs> of course you know this means war. Air Jordan and Air Jordan. Who'd you expect? Elmer Fudd? Yeah, there was a ton of them. <laughs> there was a ton of them, yeah. So that's what really I remember starting this off. And then before I knew it, you know, two or three years later or whatever, they were coming together and they announced Bugs Bunny is going to be in a movie with Michael Jordan. And this was during the odd period of Michael Jordan where he retired because, you know, he no longer had a passion for the game and he lost it. He was exhausted and his you know father was murdered, which is a terrible story if you ever read into it. He was like carjacked and killed and then dumped in a swamp. That's horrifying. Yeah, it's like straight out one of these like crazy movies that you watch with like mafia members or something like that, where a hit goes wrong and then someone's like, "You killed Michael Jordan's dad." But you know the two guys are in jail for life. But you know, him being exhausted, murder of his father led to him no longer wanting to play basketball, and he went on to play baseball. And that is definitely kind of like wrapped into this movie, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, I, I kind of like it when they take the real life aspect of this and change it for fiction, but kind of keep it the same too. Is exactly like what I was saying, how it was just so tapped into what we are. We all knew this, you know, we knew the we were following Michael Jordan's career on the news and everything. So like they've put it in the movie where, yes, it's fictionalized, obviously, but we know this from this man that we like see on the news every you know what i mean like it's the way they in, ripped from the headlines which is like what warner brothers was known for like all throughout their tenure as a studio it ripped from the headlines and they really did it here and like also then having like bugs bunny as the co-star of the movie an animated character <laughs> you know like at top lining the movie with michael jordan also again just tapping into the public consciousness and awareness of bugs bunny as a character but then what it did so well was then it interwove what was really happening and these pop culture things and it made it real for a generation it really did it was like if michael jordan who we can go pay and see at a game in real life can go into toon world can we you know like and i just think that that opened up an imagination and it made the Looney Tunes real for a generation. I'm very much a 90s kid. I grew up with this movie. My generation defends this movie to the death. And I'm going to stand with them here. I adore this movie. And I'm ready to talk up this movie the entire time we talk about this here on this podcast. The fans for this are very passionate. Yes. And, and, and there's a lot of us. But... It's weird because this one is only one that it seems like a generation has taken on. Uh, it seems like 90s kids really locked onto this one, basically made it a classic for our generation. You know, we have the movies that screen all the time and like movies in the parks and stuff like that. Space Jam is always one of them. It falls with like all the Disney classics and stuff, but mm-hmm. we hold on to it. It, it. it has crossed over in from being a cult classic to a straight up classic, but like almost just for. 90s and and then 90s kids kids too as well because we grew up with it so we share it with the next generation but like it has crossed over to be a classic but not everybody does love this movie and i i get it because they didn't grow up with it 
Yeah, I, I don't get really what there is to hate about this movie. I mean, anyone who says like, well, Michael Jordan's not a very good actor. It's like, yeah, well, he's a basketball player. Uh, but I don't <laughs> think... But he's not like Shaq bad, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and I love Shaq. He's quite a character, but he's been in some stinkers. Steel. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one is the really bad one. <laughs> I love Shaq's movies. I wonder if I have like a weird thing like where I just love like basketball player movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the 90s and the Oh, the 90s. Yeah. Basketball was such a thing. I think that's another thing too that like the newer generations or generations, you know, just different from our age group didn't realize like in the 90s basketball was like everything. It was everywhere. It's kind of sort of like how football is now where football is kind of like America's sport and it's everywhere. It's advertised everywhere. And football has always been that for sure. But like basketball in the early 90s like was just like everybody watched it. It was everywhere. The you know, the shirts, the commercials, the spots, the, the these act these uh basketball players becoming actors and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was just it was part of a thing that isn't around really for basketball anymore right now like basketball's popular sure don't get me wrong the nba is still huge but like the way it was at this time was different yeah i mean it, it tapped into the pop culture galaxy of the time period in the 90s you what you're saying with the commercials and i remember the spike spike lee commercials the you know bugs bunny when he was in the commercials and then you had like penny hardaway and the little penny guy uh, basketball just was on top during the 90s because of Michael Jordan, the two three-peats. And plus, you had a strike in baseball in the middle of the 90s that helped propel basketball to, an, you know, it just helped it go another level higher. Yeah. Uh, so you had, you know, a lot of a lot of ingredients coming together to create this uh, Space Jam pie. And I, I got to admit, when I took a bite out of it, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and I think, too, uh, I grew up, in Chicago, and uh, I think being here with the Bulls in Michael Jordan's sort of legend status here, you know, really made this movie part of like the zeitgeist where like everybody had to see it and everybody because we were just so, we were Michael Jordan city, you know, Chicago was just like alive with Michael Jordan fever, and then when this movie comes out and it portrays Michael Jordan in almost this mythic sense. Like and in the movie then makes feels like a mythic thing where these gods, these titans, you know, Michael Jordan and uh, the all the other basketball players like the Larry Birds and the Charles Barkleys and stuff. They're like they're they're mythic legends being portrayed on screen. So you, how could you miss this movie then? You know, like I just feel like in '96 everybody went to go see this when this came out. Like everybody my age and with their parents and stuff like that went to see this movie and and especially it was huge here in chicago too because of the bulls connection getting into this past the pop culture i mean you ready to uh tell everyone what the what the cover of this looks like yeah so we've got bugs bunny michael jordan space jam with that iconic logo for space jam that uh uses the the swirls from the warner brothers thing around the jam almost like a basketball net and then we've got michael jordan standing with the uh taz Sylvester, Tweety, Bugs, Porky Pig, Daffy in that ring being pulled by one of the Monstars' hands with a you know sign in space behind them that says Mars and it's pointing to the other planets as they're sort of floating in space. And Michael Jordan's just kind of looking at us smiling here in this big-ass, 
big ass clamshell. Yeah, this is is this Smackhammer? Is that his name? Is that his hand that's pulling him? I don't know the the monsters names. Uh, well, it's Danny DeVito's character. Mm, okay. You no, know, Swackhammer. So I think this is Swackhammer's hand. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Danny DeVito plays a a mayor type character of Moron Mountain, where he recruits the monsters basically to go against the Looney Tunes, so they can make them their entertainment slaves. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of Mojo from X Men. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, where it's kind of just this guy that will do anything for you know to make make the buck. Yep. Uh, Mojo did the whole TV thing, and then. Swackhammer here is doing the theme park thing, mm-hmm. which I mean, at the time, the Looney Tunes were part of, I'm sure they still are part of Six Flags and everything, but they were huge into the Six Flags marketing. Yes. And I think that's probably why they chose a theme park more on mountain, which cracks me up. There's so much about this world that I want to know more of that I'll probably never know more of. But, you know, I would like to see a documentary behind this. Yeah, there really isn't much about this movie out. You know, there's the fluff pieces and stuff, but like, I really would love to dig deep and how this came together because of how mythic it, it is. <laughs> now, I noticed at one point Jordan was sipping on a McDonald's cup. I don't remember McDonald's in this combining, but it, it had to, right? Yeah, I don't remember. I can't remember if there were like toys, Happy Meal toys or whatever, but like they they run through sort of the Michael Jordan spot, the Wheaties. The Haynes, McDonald's. Yeah. But I don't know. I, are they just the Michael Jordan sponsors or are they the Space Jam sponsors? I'm not sure. Oh, they had uh, Space Jam figures. These aliens are killing us. We need some help. Right away, your airness. McDonald's! Behold. Now only at McDonald's. Collect these fun Looney Tunes stuffed characters from the new movie Space Jam. Just $2.99 each with the purchase of a new deluxe or any other large sandwich. Way to go, Dandy. How about we go out and kick some alien butt? Space Jam at McDonald's. Come hungry. Leave stuffed. I remember the action figures. I remember the toys because I had a couple of them. And uh, my cousins had the Michael Jordan figure. And if you put, yeah, I think you could change his arms so you can get the stretch arm from the end scene. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I remember that, but I didn't have that one. I had a couple of the monsters from the movie. I, I do remember the toys. I didn't have a ton of them, though. Now, what's the uh, description here on the back? And by the way, do you have the clamshell, right? Yeah, this is the big ass clamshell one. Okay, nice. I, is that the only one to come out, or was there another one? I can't, I don't, I can't picture a slipcase for this. So this might have been it. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go with that. We'll rewrite history. <laughs> yep, only clamshells. We said you heard it here first, folks. Uh, here's our, first, our review from the top. Wild, wacky, jubilant. Adults, teens, boys and girls will enjoy Space Jam. Gene Shallot today. His airness and his hairness. There you go. There it is. What a team. Michael Jordan slams. Bug Bunny, Bugs Bunny jams. And a cavalcade of Looney Tunes start hoop stars hoop it up in Space Jam. The rim-rattling, animated, live-action, round-ball romp from Hollywood talents who refuse to let their imaginations be earthbound. The jokes fly, and the fun never stops as the Toon Squad takes on the nerd lux in in a hardcore game to decide if the Looney Tunes will remain there or become attractions at a far-off galactic off-ramp called Moron Mountain. 
The Nerdlucks have a monstrous secret weapon on their side. They've stolen the skills of top NBA stars like Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing and become Monstars. But that's not all, folks. The Toon Squad also has a secret weapon. He just happens to be the finest player in this or any other universe. He's out of this world. So is the fun. There was some really fun scenes in this movie. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I think this description does a good job. Uh, It's fun. Yeah, it's wild. I I could see how adults could watch this uh, when it came out, and they're like, okay, this is goofy. But that's the point. I think one of the criticisms I've always heard of this movie is this doesn't feel like pure Looney Tunes. It's, you know, the Looney Tunes are in it, sure, but it doesn't feel like a Looney Tunes thing. But I actually disagree with that. Uh, that like i said that's a criticism i've heard i don't believe that though i feel like this is a wacky loony you know right in line it's just looney tunes for the 90s that's all it's yeah sure it's not the classic classic looney tunes but i don't want to see the classic classic looney tunes all the time i would love to see it updated and i think it was updated perfectly here i don't know i got the looney tunes out of this i i get they were a little bit different sure but you know they were you know bringing them up they were going another level at least that's what they were trying I can tell you one thing, these animators busted their ass because the angles that this director chose was not recommended, I'm sure, because there's a lot of Dutch angles. There is a ton of wackiness with the camera. Yeah, very kinetic uh, camera use. And like with the live action, looks like a cartoon. And then when the live action is interacting with the cartoon, it's like almost like another layer of it. But I'm, I'm glad they did because the Looney Tunes then look so cinematic and it almost adds to their kind of mythicness then it's like they they it's like looney tunes but like for the movies it really looks like it you know and they really took it the animation to another level it was fun though like it was fun to see but i guarantee you the animators were like it's hard enough to do all this uh now you're adding wacky angles so they definitely pushed the limits there's no doubt about it and i definitely think the animators had just the same amount of problems that they had in uh, Roger Rabbit with this, where they were probably just burning the midnight oil because it was so damn hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned Roger Rabbit because I do feel like this was sort of the next step in that. It's like Roger Rabbit did, you know, the groundwork for live action and animation mixed together in the sense, you know, in a full feature sense like roger rabbit pulled off i think it laid the groundwork for this which just took it to a new level with the interaction with the live action and the animation and and it looks great and it holds up to this day too so they did something right here oh no doubt uh i think this looks incredible for what they did uh especially when you know you had michael jordan and all these other actors in like the last 30 to 45 minutes of the movie just all green screen yeah playing a basketball game with cartoons and you're never like you're never like taken out of it at all well and they're not even at a basketball court yeah that's all animated (laughs) it's crazy to think about how much time this probably took big ups to the director for seeing it because i couldn't have pulled it off i wouldn't know i wouldn't even know where to start with something like this oh that's that's part of it it's just absolute madness (laughs) yeah exactly so major ups to the director here (laughs) All right, you want to put this tape in? Yeah, let's do it. Now playing at a motion picture theater near you. We actually have a couple trailers this time. Did yours have any trailers? We had some bad news with mine. Mine had mold in it, but luckily on YouTube. uh, And I wasn't going to put this tape in with mold in it. 
Like I could clean it on my backup, but you just never want to do that because they'll fuck up a VCR. From what I hear. Yes. So I don't want to mess them up. But luckily it was on YouTube. Someone put the beginning of them on and the first trailer. I've never seen this. Cats don't dance. I've seen this once and I've seen it. I feel like I, I this was just like one I had on as a kid but like never really like actively watched so i've seen it once i don't really remember it i think i liked it but i just it didn't last for me yeah it wasn't one that stuck to you i get it uh the next one was batman sub-zero teaser freeze is back in town and only one man can stop him but he's going to need all the help he can get get cold this summer very cold i love this teaser it got me so hyped and i really like this movie too it's no mask of the phantasm but it's a good batman animated for sure no there was definitely right when this came on i was like i'd watch that because that tagline of this summer's gonna get cold very cold the seriousness with which they took like a direct-to-video batman release they they must have known they had quality behind it because that's an exciting teaser they did this with the Batman animated series. They knew what the fans wanted and they knew what they were good at giving. So I always like their teasers to this or their trailers to all these Batman the Animated straight to video movies. And they're never cheap. That's what was great about it. The animation was quality. And honestly, I, I still watch a lot of the Batman animated movies. I, I literally just watched one again last night. They're all, they've always been, they're always quality. They're always good. And the stories are always like better than most of the, like the Affleck movies or the Zack Snyder movies or whatever. Uh, like th- they're quality stuff. And they've, they've since the nineties to today, they're making like these quality Batman animated things. And I, I love them for it. Uh, the third one on this was, this was odd because in Beetlejuice, I had uh, Shiloh two. And this one, I think, is the first one, Shiloh, A Dog Story. If this if this is indeed the first one, I've definitely seen this once as well. Don't really remember it, but I think I rented it when it came out because I was six years old and it was a dog movie. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've seen either of these. So this is definitely something that it just escaped me, and I don't really know how because, which I mentioned in the past, that when it came to dog animated movies, I definitely saw all of those. That was something that my grandma always got me, but no, I guess the the actual live action ones. No, nope, that was more of a Homeward Bound kid. Dog movies weren't really like my thing, and they're still not really my thing. I laugh when like the a dog's journey or whatever the whatever the release of the year with Dennis Quaid is going to be <laughs> a dog that comes out today. I I don't like those movies, so I don't really go back and watch these '90s ones either. And I don't even know what you're talking about right now. <laughs> I'm speaking a different language. For... <laughs> uh, and then our we had another one, which was, oh, the kids WB promo that was highlighting the Daffy Duck show, which I don't remember this show. It's WB Kitchens are cooking up something special for your weekend morning. Hello, what's for breakfast? We're having a little duck for breakfast. Funny, sounds like he said duck. That's right, Daffy, and you're the main course. Now he tells me. Breakfast with Daffy. The Daffy Duck Show weekends on Kids WB. I think this show was a tie-in to Space Jam because I feel like it it didn't last very long and it, it had sort of the same 
animation style and approach to the comedy that Space Jam did. So I think it was like more of a tie-in thing. But God, did this ad just like light up nostalgia for me? These kids WB ads. I mean, I just they were they were like the bumpers between every show that I was watching at this time. I can't. I don't know why I don't remember this. Yeah, I, I I'm more. I was always more of an Animaniacs in Pinky in the Brain kind of guy anyway. So I didn't I didn't watch the Daffy Duck show, but I vaguely remember, and I think it was just Space Jam esque. And then our last one was the Space Jam soundtrack, which I mean, the WP was pushing hard because they probably spent a shit ton of money getting. <laughs> A lot of these uh, singers to get into it, you know, Seal and R. Kelly before R. Kelly went into. Yeah, but when he was, when he was cool to like R. Kelly. Before we knew what he was doing. <laughs> exactly. Before we knew better. Yeah, this is like a, like a Batman Forever kind of soundtrack or even like a Clueless generation defining soundtrack. Like this soundtrack was bumped all throughout 1996 and 7 for sure. <laughs> You know, and something else, the merchandise with this, too. One thing I remember was, I don't know who the kid's name was, but he had a Space Jam jersey and everything like that. And I wasn't really big into this movie at the time because I was a teenager and I was going through that, like, Looney Tunes are for kids, man, uh, kind of mentality. But I do remember looking at that Space Jam jersey and wanting it. It's a cool jersey. (laughs) Uh, There's just something about it. Plus, I mean, at the time, even before this movie, Looney Tunes was so popular. Uh, You know, animation and, you know, the Disney Channel and the WB and the Fox Kids and all this. It was just at like a second golden era. It's just like was so popular. So but I definitely remember when it got into the like, you know, once Independence Day came out and all that shit, then I was just like, oh, you know, I'm more of an adult now. and I got to watch that stuff. Space Jam, that's for kids. I like, can't fault you at all because like we, we were talking before we started this. Yeah, like anything that came out in like 2003 to like 2008, I didn't watch if it was kids related either because yeah, when you're like a teenager, you're like, no, no more kids stuff. I don't want to watch any of that. And it's not until college that like you rediscover that stuff or whatever. But like, I get it. But like I, so you were a teenager. I was a teenager in the 2000s. I skipped all that stuff. You were a teenager here, so this really wasn't your thing. I was six years old here. This was like my world. <laughs> yeah, and when we were a teenager, I was in college, and I'm like, let's go smoke some dope and watch Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me now. Now go yeah. figure. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Right, life's a roller coaster on more. Well, life's just a weirdly cyclical roller coaster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, okay, so we get to our feature presentation. And now, our feature presentation. We immediately start off with little Michael shooting his basketball. Oh no, didn't we have a montage? No, no, it starts off with the with the the kid. Okay. And the, and I believe I can fly, which just like immediately makes this movie like it it taps into the mythicness. Like we've got this this anthem already playing in the first shot of this movie and it's like lit like, you know, with this foggy light, this like one light shining down on him. It's like almost Christ-like and it's it's yeah. nuts, but like for for a kid who you know just just drinking in the visuals and the sound or whatever it's like it might as well be crack you know (laughs) (laughs) it was too cool like it was just so cool and then i think we get into the montage after his dad's like well what's next mike you're gonna fly 
And then, you know, goes into it. And then, boom, slam those amazing credits. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I watched it. I was like, this movie flies by, too. Because when they get to the basketball game, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, I looked and I go, oh, we're playing the basketball game. And I looked, there's 37 minutes left in the film. And I was like, what? Holy shit, this movie flies. It's got the perfect, the perfect run time of 88 minutes which i just think is a sweet sweet spot for a movie and it pay it's paced perfectly because it's gotta be it's a kid's movie it can't be super slow paced you gotta move and with animation too you can't be super long because you don't have money to animate a two-hour thing with michael jordan in it as well just like perfect sweet spot and they paced it perfectly and yeah like and it was so smart to have the game be like the last third of the movie so smart Oh, yeah, it was like a Rocky, Rocky Four. I, I feel like the last 45 minutes of the movie is just the fight. Yeah, and that's what we paid to see. That's what we came to see, so just give it to us. <laughs> and they did. There's no doubt about it. They don't mess around. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, and they do the whole setup where he's, you know, crappy at baseball. And I, the catcher, you know, telling Michael Jordan, you know, what pitches are coming because he signed a basketball for his kid. That's hilarious. And Michael Jordan still strikes out. Uh, so, you know, he goes home, we get the setup, he gets, uh, what is his name? The actor, his... Wayne Knight. Oh, is that his name? Wayne Knight, yeah. I mean, because he's always Norm from Seinfeld. Or no, I'm sorry, it's... Newman. Uh, Newman, not Norm. Norm, what am I thinking of? Cheers. <laughs> oh, cheers. And I do know why he's in this film, and I know why a few other actors are in this film. It's because the director, the producers, and everyone had a really hard time getting actors to agree to do this film wow that's strange but i mean the amount of work probably and like the amount of cg or not cg but green screen work or whatever is probably not ideal that well the big problem was they didn't want to be in an animated mixture movie with the basketball star as the lead that was the biggest problem they didn't want to hurt their careers acting with a sports star and during the time period uh, I think this was something more of a problem during that time period with stars. But this was becoming a thing of the 90s, and we talked about it, you know, with Shaq and a few others. I think people were very protective. Yeah, they didn't want to They didn't want to give their spotlight to somebody who had spotlight elsewhere. You know, he was a sports star. He was the sports star, and it was like, oh, now he's going to be an actor? I could see, like, egos and not wanting to kind of give up that you know, keeping it precious for actors. Well, I think it was also fear of damaging their career because, you know, we didn't have Netflix at this time. We didn't have Amazon Prime and all these streaming movies where you you had a lot more options. It was the silver screen or it was TV. Which one do you want? Well, I guess you could say silver screen, TV, or direct-to-video. Right, and two of which were poison for your career at this time. So Yeah, so I think they were being ultra-protective. And that's why you get guys, you know, kind of like uh, Bill Murray. He's just like, uh, you know, he was kind of at a downslope in his career, but he was also bulletproof at the same time. He could do anything and still keep acting. Well, but he also is not credited in this movie. So also that he doesn't oh, have really? a screen. He does not have any screen credit in this movie. It's basically a uncredited cameo, but it's a very extended one. But yeah, he doesn't even have any screen credit whatsoever in this he wasn't even supposed to be at the end game the whole reason he's in the end is because he saw how they were doing all the filming 
of this and he's like was fascinated with it and he goes actually i want to be in the ending can you slide me in so they rewrote the ending to include bill murray yeah and i love how they basically include that in the joke where they're like how did you even get here and he's like i know the producer somebody picked me up and drove me to set (laughs) (laughs) a fantastic joke that you didn't get until you were probably an adult and i cracked up it would that was one of the that was one of my biggest laughs He's like, oh, I just know one of the producers, and they just dropped me off. And I, <laughs> and I didn't know the story that that was tacked on at the end until later. So I was like, man, that is a really big inside joke. And now I get it even more. It makes me laugh another level. It's so yeah, it's so funny. It's one of the. It's definitely a joke that went over my head when I first saw it too. But it's so funny now. My the joke I liked when I was a kid that's tied to that scene is when uh, Danny DeVito says i didn't know dan Aykroyd was in this movie yeah that used to crack me up so much as a kid because i was obviously a big ghostbusters person so i thought that was so funny but yeah now the driving to set thing cracks me up it's just because of course it's an ivan reitman movie like of course he got in there <laughs> that's a good point i noticed that he uh produced this yes. so yeah yeah that's probably how he got bill murray to like do an uncredited role in this you know because it was probably it was just supposed to be a cameo in the golf scene. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense then. That totally adds up. But yeah, it's probably just he didn't he did literally ask Ivan Raymond, hey, can I be in this? And then he did. <laughs> uh Larry Bird uh is in it, and he also wasn't supposed to come back into the end, but they needed a way to tie in the joke with Bill Murray being in the uh audience watching the return of Michael Jordan. I mean, Larry Bird was probably just supposed to do a cameo, and he's like, yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, how could you not want to? Yeah, and all those basketball guys in the movie, you know, like all of his co-workers and friends probably in it. Like, of course you'd want to do it. Yeah, and that was really funny because they were talking about uh, director. You know, he was trying to get help from all over around the industry, and he even went to Robert Zemeckis. And I think the uh, special effects people did too, and they're like, oh, can you give us uh, some tips? You know, how are we going to do this and everything? And I actually have a quote. Um, here it is. When we were thinking about going ahead with this film, had phoned up Robert Zemeckis about who framed Roger Agan and asked, do you have any advice on what we should do to make a movie like this? And he said, don't do it. It nearly killed me. That's so funny. <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> they, they, are, they are making a Space Jam 2 and the director is not back. So <laughs> he yeah, did not want to do it again, I guess. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think I'd want to either. I think they just want to go in a different direction, even though this movie did make a ton of money. This was a runaway success. Yeah, it's $230 million worldwide on an $80 million budget. So they spent money and they made money. This is a big one. This was a big blockbuster release for 1996. You couldn't you couldn't go to a bus stop or even the buses had the posters, the billboards on the highway like this was everywhere when this was coming out yeah and further along in this film you know we get the setup of he's playing golf he's not very good at baseball they make a few jokes on that and then he gets pulled into looney tune town or is it called toontown no that's that's uh who framed roger that's, rabbit yeah that's roger rabbit well i don't even know what they call it in this they one. just get pulled he gets pulled into the looney tunes world like literally yeah. through the warner brothers logo gets pulled in <laughs> And I love how they all react because, you know, Bill Murray and Larry Bird just like, oh, well, bye. He's like, I'm sure he's fine. 
<laughs> when they, when they're in the cart and he's just like i'm just gonna give us two for that one because of <laughs> yeah I, I don't think we were in a state of mind to putt <laughs> right <laughs> that one that cracked me up i hope that was ad-libbed it seemed like it <laughs> oh yeah it's so funny bill murray's hilarious in this movie and larry bird just keeps up with them which is so fun <laughs> i know th- those two actually had a good rapport yeah, they had great chemistry. <laughs> they were going back and forth, and it was great. But then again, Larry Bird had done all those uh, commercials with Michael Jordan where they were trying to make shots, you know, playing horse. Mm-hmm. I so remember those. maybe he was a little comfortable in front of the camera. You know, it's not like he was acting. He was just being himself. I think, too, Bill Murray, you know, was such a, a sports fan and a Chicago sports fan and stuff. He probably knew those guys you know he probably weaseled his way into that locker room before <laughs> he probably literally did golf with them this was yes, like not something exactly. new. <laughs> uh so yeah and wayne knight playing stan you know is searching for him the the joke that cracked me up though and i don't know if it should have made me laugh this much is when he's sitting there digging the hole you know and looking for michael jordan uh the guy <laughs> one guy comes by and he goes what are you doing he goes uh replacing a divot then the guy goes oh okay and then turns around and yells at his friends yeah he's just replacing a divot yeah that's so funny what (laughs) i also i love this shot the wide shot when they cut back to him and he's like dug like the entire like (laughs) and it's just a little tiny body in this entire mass that he's like dug into (laughs) uh uh, when when they meet you know, all Looney Tunes, you know, Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny and all of them are doing their shtick. And Bugs explains to him why he needs the help. What's going on here? Why, Michael? I thought you'd never ask. You see, these aliens come from outer space and they want to make us slaves in their theme park. Eh, what do we care? They're little. So we challenge them to a basketball game. But then they show up and they ain't so little. They're huge. We need to beat these guys because they're talking about slavery. They're going to make us do stand-up comedy. The same jokes every night for all eternity. We're going to be locked up like wild animals and then trotted out to perform for a bunch of lowbrow, bug-eyed, fat-headed, humor-challenged aliens. Uh, what I'm trying to say is... We need your help! The one image that I was surprised they use is when Bugs is like, they're trying to turn us into slaves! And it shows him in, like, balls and chains. And I was like, ooh, that couldn't happen today. Yeah, that doesn't hit the same way as it used to. <laughs> nope. And they uh, do it again at the end of the movie. Yeah. When uh, Swackhammer is just like, you're gonna be a slave. And it shows Michael Jordan... You know, with balls and chains, you know. No, I think he's, like, chained up. Yeah, they do that other animation style. And they show him going, which is amazing, by the way. I love that animation. Yeah, Uh, actually, that was really cool, that that stylized, like, flat. It was, like, flat 2D in a 3D world. Right, yeah, and it had, like, the blockiness of everything. Yeah, it was really... And the, I love the colors and stuff in there, too. But, yeah, they, they basically have him chained up, too. And that doesn't hit the way it probably did in the 90s. <laughs> no, I was like, ooh, that joke. Nope, that's not going to work again. That story setup, we just skip right over that. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut that shit out when they put it on TV. I don't know. Looney Tunes, they did so much of that stuff. Like, now they just put the warning labels in front of Looney Tunes. Like, they're from a different time. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Duck's yeah. going to get his head blown off. I mean, it's a different time. <laughs> Other than all the violence in this... Uh, I guess I'm just used to it in Looney Tunes. It doesn't phase me at all. 
No, like when like Wayne Knight gets flattened and then blown back up, you know. Well, that's just, just funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's it's so Looney Tunes. It doesn't it doesn't read as violence to me. It just is like this is what they do. <laughs> now, when you were a kid watching this, because you know I was older when I watched this, when they go off into the basketball world, did you know these players? Uh, Charles Barkley, yeah. Patrick Ewing, yeah. But not the other guys. Yeah, and they said this was the easiest part to cast. Literally, all five of them they asked, and all five of them were like, yes. Great. Do like, you want me to tell you what you're going to be doing? No. We're in. <laughs> you're in a movie with Michael. You know, why not? <laughs> they said the hardest one to cast was the one guy who was complaining, like, we're not going to go into the locker room. Something's wrong. And the coach is like, that was in New York. You're fine here. <laughs> uh, I guess that, you know, I don't know where that player is from, but... They said they had a hard time with him because I, I don't quite know what happened. I think he was scheduled to be in the movie, and then he didn't want to do the movie, and then he was in the movie. But either way, he did fine. So I don't know if it was – I don't know what was up with that. They said that was the hardest basketball player to get into the movie. It was a good cast, though. Like, I, they, they came together well, and they had good chemistry together. Uh, really, only like three of them talked, but like it was, it was, uh, it was a good lineup of guys for sure. And Muggsy Bogsy, uh, that was one of our favorites as kids because you know he was short. Yeah, yeah, he was memorable. The Hornets point guard at the time, so he was very popular. Um, and definitely Larry Johnson, I remember him. Patrick Ewing, which was just man, he is huge. He was. He made some of the the huge basketball players look small. That man is a giant. <laughs> oh man, I'm surprised he didn't get asked to do, you know, once he retired. Maybe it's because his knees were bad and all that stuff, but I would definitely go up to him and he's like, "Do you want to play our monster?" <laughs> Cuz we can put you in a makeup. You would f- fucking be awesome. But he was probably so rich at the time, he's just like, "No. <laughs> I could just coast now. I'm good." You mean you want me to go on set and make up for 10 hours? Fuck that. Well, uh, Charles Barkley had a nice career after this, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just a character. Yeah, he sort of crossed. He sort of became the Shaqs and the Michael Jordans of the crossover kind of sports star for a while. So he, he did it. He took it and ran with it. Everyone loves him. Even when he says something that's highly offensive, he says it in such like, you know, he's a good guy. You know, he tells you all this story of gambling and all the stupid shit he did drinking and everyone's just like, oh, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Like no one just some people would say the shit that comes out of his mouth and they'd be like, this man needs to be taken off television. He's a bad role model for our children. Charles Barkley just took that. He's like, yeah, I'm a terrible role model. (laughs) Don't do what I do. Yeah, it's smart. It was smart. And it's working out great for him. (laughs) Yeah, one character, speaking, going into other characters in this movie, trying to transition. <laughs> Lola Bunny. This is someone that we've mentioned. This is the character we mentioned. Uh, and you go back and you can listen to our Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And it's, why do they always make these highly sexualized female characters in these movies? And we, I kind of made the joke. I was like, I hope these animators don't want to fuck their creations. <laughs> <laughs> but what is up with this? I mean, how could you not want to with uh, Lola Bunny? Um, <laughs> like, I just think I think for my generation, this was like a sexual awakening for a lot of us. Confident and cool and could play the game like a motherfucker, but also 
gorgeous you know like of course we all fell in love with her <laughs> was she ever used in anything else i don't remember i can't think of anything else i mean i could go down that rabbit hole <laughs> literally <laughs> literally in wikipedia but i just think it's weird to create this character i wonder if she had any backlash has anyone here ever played basketball um i have i'd like to try out for the team Hey. Hi, my name is Lola Bunny. Lola? <laughs> yes. Hello, uh, my name is Bugs. <clears throat> you want to play a little one-on-one, -on -one, doll? Doll? Uh-huh. On the court, Bugs. I don't know. I feel like she was kind of a popular character, at least from my perspective. I feel like it was a character that a lot of just like the girls that liked that movie liked you know it was representation they it, i don't think the girls that were kids that were watching this movie really saw it as like offensively sexual at you know at the time i think they just saw it as somebody representing them it was like oh she liked basketball i like basketball i don't have to be a boy to like basketball i think it was representation i think it was good representation but i, I don't know what happened why we never really saw her again i wonder if it was just because she was kind of a basketball exclusive character too like they never did another basketball thing so maybe she'll show up in space jam too who knows so it looks like she did do some other things i looked at, i'm not going to read into it but i see christian wig did a voice did her voice one time she is in other things not a ton though uh yeah that's curious it is like one of these characters that i forgot existed yeah not one of the mains not one of the main roster no it's you know it's not the daffy ducks or the elmer fuds or anything like that but it is good to see you know more female characters more women inside of the looney tunes universe absolutely yeah in such a male dominated kind of universe like peppy Le Pew's chasing around you know like, and stuff like that but like yeah it's nice to have actual representation here and i think lola bunny did do that and it was i think it was good but she was also sexy as hell <laughs> she's wearing those short shorts and uh yeah she definitely uh takes bugs bunny to school right when she comes on screen so that was fun yep. i liked it i just was surprised <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the, the Monster Squad, that's not, damn it, <laughs> the Monstars, right? Yes, the Monstars and the Toon Squad. Yeah, the Monstars steal the all the talents of the basketball players, which the basketball players get to play a little bit, you know, acting like they don't have uh, any talent anymore and getting benched and Charles Barkley getting you know, laughed rejected, at on the streets. Laughed at in the streets, so that, that was funny. And then there, the one thing I loved was the psychiatry scene. He's just like, are you saying this is all my mom's fault? And the psychiatrist is like, no, you said that. <laughs> it's like, but I love my mom. <laughs> I, I I liked it. I, I liked a lot of the interactions. Some of it, I liked the interactions more with the players who lost their talent than some of the interactions with the Toons and Michael Jordan. And I don't really know why there's no fault in that. I It's just because I think it was they did just enough with these real life basketball characters. They didn't overuse them. They got all the highlights and then moved on. And that's probably why I liked it more. Yeah, it was smart. It was definitely smart. And I don't know if that came through in the script or the editing, but it was definitely smart to just have the gold bits used, basically. And that's what made it what made that work. Uh, I, I just I do think regardless i think this is 
even though there's like four writers on it, this is a very tight script. This is a good script, and it's funny. It's genuinely funny. Yeah, so I, I don't get a lot of the criticisms. If there is much, I mean, I know it has a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes, but who gives a shit about that? That's not really a representation of the audience. Yeah, the people have already taken this movie. Yeah. This has so. already become its own thing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I definitely highly, I know we wait until the end of this, but I highly recommend if you haven't seen this to watch it with kids uh, goggles on because it's fun. You can watch it with adult goggles on and still have fun, but you know what I mean? Some people just won't watch animation. Yeah, I think if you're if you're like our age, it immediately takes you back into the past and it's nostalgic and it's wonderful. If you're a little older and kind of miss this, just, yeah, watch it, like you're saying, with sort of, like, kids' eyes and just, like, let go and have fun with it. It works for adults, too, because, it's like I said, it's genuinely funny. But, yeah, there's this kid-like enthusiasm and kineticness in this movie that, like, you gotta you got to tap into that when you watch it. But, you know, some people don't like that. <laughs> yeah, they're lost. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exa- that's what I say, too. <laughs> So we get into this game, they're they're doing the whole thing, and they, they set it up like all sports movies. Uh, the first half, they get their asses kicked. Uh, the monsters are dominating them. Michael Jordan's the only one who's doing anything, and he just you know can't win the whole game on his own. Uh, and then we get to the third quarter, after they go into... Well, I guess they go into the locker room, and we find out... Well, even though we as an audience know... You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to kidnap the the Looney Tunes, and they stole all these powers, and that's you know how they're so good now. Going into this, when um, oh, what's his name, Stan? Stan finds out, and they just burn him. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. He came in, but you know, Bugs Bunny, uh, Michael Jordan gives a, a a speech. You know, like so let's make a comeback, and then Bugs is like, yeah, that's great, but uh, how about your special sauce, your special drink? And that's how they go out there, and they start to make a comeback in the third quarter. And then we get the setup of the Michael Jordan makes a bet at the end of this. The bet is if they win, they get to have Michael. If the Monstars win, they get to have Michael Jordan. But if Michael Jordan wins, they have to give all their players their uh, skill back. So that's fun because really this just gets us to Bill Murray getting in this movie. Yeah, more Bill Murray is always a good thing because it's so he's hilarious. <laughs> he joins the team. Oh yeah, that, that's because Stan uh, finally gets his chance to play. Scores a basket, but gets flattened by the monsters, and then they do the whole where they blow him up like a balloon, and then they get a fart joke in this, which cracked me up. Yep, always funny. And when they were making <laughs> their comeback, they got a Pulp Fiction joke in this. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Tapping into the pop culture of the '90s there. Yeah, and they shoot out the monster's teeth. I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Looney Tunes, man. That's what yeah. they do. I also like, yeah, with like tied to that, I love within the audience all the Looney Tunes kind of cameos. We get like Marvin the Martian as like the uh, referee. The official, yeah, the yeah, uh, referee. And then we get, a, we get a bunch of the ones in the crowd, like the granny is also like uh, on the bench with them and everything. Yeah, and she gets abused in this movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she takes a beating uh because it's looney tunes of course uh but like yeah i love all the all the looney tunes that are kind of featured in cameos in this too it's really fun because they're just such a part of it they're such a part of like the pop culture and everything around it but like they're not the stars uh we've got our core cast here but they're in it still and that's i think that's fun i'm glad they did that for like the fans yeah and we get bill murray you know it's like you do this and you do this and you go to the holes he's like hey 
Bill, we're on defense. Well, I don't do defense. <laughs> but he gets also to retire a winner. That cracks me up. Because yep. you can tell just looking at Bill Murray in his you know basketball attire. He is not an athlete. No. <laughs> he is a comedian, and he is enjoying his money, but he is hilarious. Yes. And you know... He loves it. You could just tell he wanted to be there. Yeah, he did. He was. He's having fun. Yeah, exactly. uh, even if he didn't want to be there, which I doubt. But even if he didn't, he pulls off like he does. Exactly. He's having a blast. So Michael Jordan, you know, realizes that he can do, you know, he can stretch the limits in the Looney Tune world, and then uh, all the monsters try to drag him down as he's flying like an eagle, and then stretches his arm, and boom, hits the last shot, and they win the game. Yep, and then the monsters return back to the little nerdlings and uh, give give the powers back to the basketball. Well, before that, they beat the crap out of Swaghammer too. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, they send him. They put him in a rocket and send him to the moon because, of course, <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, I love I love like the the kind of the basketball fantasy stuff. I love like the scene earlier on when they turn Michael Jordan into a basketball and play with him in the, with the Looney Tunes in that one scene. And then I love how they, yeah, they put the powers in the basketball and it's like glowing and that's how they get it back. I love this shit. I love this like imaginative stuff. Like this is so cool. It's fun. This is what makes this movie fun. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy the creativity that we had a lot in the nineties. I know we've said that a lot in this month. Well, I'm going to continue to say it. Yeah, we had a lot of fun shit. <laughs> yeah, we got lucky. Okay, so they uh, he gets they put the powers in the basketball. He gives it back to the basketball players, and then the end. You know, he returns to the baseball field, and right before he starts to play, you know, it shows him return to basketball. And yeah, I was like hyped. I want to watch you know Michael Jordan play again. Kind of like I actually went on to YouTube and watched a. Highlight reel of Michael Jordan compilation. And I'm like, damn. Because the end of the movie hooked you. It got yeah. you. <laughs> so damn cool. Plus, it's really easy to find on YouTube. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I think the end plays into that, like, making Michael Jordan a kind of myth hero, you know, with that ending and everything. It's like, he's the best at this game, and here's him doing what he's best at and everything like that. And it's fucking exciting. Like, it's so exciting to watch. I'm not even a sports guy, and I'm, like, thrilled at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those movies that, you know, reached into the sports world, pop culture, the movie pop culture world. It was part of our zeitgeist, and it's it's still cool to look back upon. Absolutely. And, and like, everything you just said, 100% agree with, plus the fact, like, having them go into the Looney Tunes world where they acknowledge Looney Tunes as cartoons made it real for a lot of kids. And I think that was a really great thing about this movie as well. Yeah, that was interesting how where you have more of, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we knew about Toon World, you know, Toontown. It was part of our lives. We were already mixed. While in this one, no one knew about it, but they accepted it so fast. They're like, cool. It's like, well, yeah, there is there is Bugs Bunny, there is Daffy Duck, but I guess we can go into this world. All right. <laughs> yeah. Is it? And especially the kids when they go to get Michael Jordan's uh, North Carolina shorts, how his son finds out. And they, the son and daughter are like, meh, cool. Well, it's Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, and I know them from TV, so I'm going to help them. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Done. 
moving on <laughs> it's the kind of it's the kind of meta stuff that warner brothers did so well with like the animaniacs and tiny tunes and stuff like that it carried over into this like it it, it introduced sort of this meta look at cartoons to a generation and in a way that's so specific to warner brothers <laughs> yeah and animaniacs really broke the mold uh, for sure for that where something you just they did so much connection to the real world that you know they were constantly breaking the fourth wall right that was their whole shtick and it was genius and it worked so well and we were kids that were aware of the stuff they were referencing because it was stuff we were watching on tv like it was so smart yeah because you could at the same time be watching animaniacs and then flip over to the disney channel or whatever howard the duck was or not howard the duck damn it darkwing duck was on where that you know that was contained in its own world even though it used like uh, James Bond villains and tropes like that. And then you could flip over to the Animaniacs is breaking the fourth wall. It was fun because we got a variety of different shows that did different things. Yes. Because then you could look at Gargoyles and Batman and Beetlejuice where it has their dark worlds. And it was so much fun. The 90s just had such a plethora of interesting cartoons. Yeah, I think they, they challenged our creativity. They pushed us. They were like, no, let's go beyond just the here's a cartoon animated world it's like what's happening in your world what's you know let's explore the dark half of this let's look at batman beetlejuice let's look at the underworld of animation you know like they challenged us they pushed us and i I love that about these 90s cartoons yep all right uh, that's all i got to say about it anything else for you no highly recommend (laughs) haters be damned (laughs) get this uh, big old clamshell and put it in your vcr it's fun Absolutely, as soon as possible. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out into the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our November super fun marathon weirdo adventure time. Exactly. I'm running out of these, so I'm stretching it. (laughs) We only got to do one more of these. It's fine. (laughs) I'm just going to pass out after one because I can't breathe. Uh. All right. Do you want to go first or me? I think this is pretty easy for me. So what do you want? I can go first. Okay. Because mine's simple. Okay. I love the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack elevates this thing. I think it brings it into the time. I think it ties it all together to the 90s. So I love everything about this movie. I love the animation. I love the, the characters. I love the act. But soundtrack brings it all. It brings it home for me. So I love the soundtrack. Um, mine is kind of like, I don't quite know how to, to say it. It's really about sports stars starring in films of the 90s. And I think Michael Jordan was one of the best. So to actually get a decent performance out of him most of the time you know he's doing his basketball stuff and he's having the goofy looks at kids you know where he looks at the screen almost Mm. he's looking right at the audience he's just like what is going on here everyone i actually think that's fun i think it's a product of the 90s uh we don't do it as much nowadays because i think so many people rejected Shaq and other you know like when dennis rodman was doing it you know with jean-claude van damme uh, people really reject it nowadays, it feels like. But I think it's a fun product of the time of the 90s. And I think they actually got a lot of good performances out of the basketball players on the side, too. And I think Jordan did fine, considering 
not only is this his first acting role and they're putting him as the lead, which is hard enough, but then he's acting in an all green screen world, basically. That's so difficult to do to a non-actor. This is Academy Award winning uh, Michael Jordan here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> he's he's uh, he's not like the world's greatest actor or whatever, but he convinces you of the world. And that is the most important thing here. So it's like, I think he did his job. Per- I agree with you. I think he did his job perfectly. Yeah, and I don't know. Did he do any other acting other than, of course, commercials? I don't think so. I think I looked it up last time I watched this movie. I think this was it. Well, I don't blame him because it's difficult. And people did give him shit for his acting performance in this. I I just don't get it. He wasn't trying to be, you know, a character. He was just being himself in a wacky world. And he he sold that world to us. So I think mission accomplished. Yeah. So I, I don't understand all the criticism for it. It's, it's not like Danny DeVito did a bad job acting. That I get criticizing. Well, he was a voice actor, but you know what I mean. Right. It's right. not like Bill Murray did a bad job. If he would have done a bad job, then I was like, yeah, I understand the criticism. Even though it's still in a difficult situation. Bill Murray basically had one person to bounce lines off of. It was Michael Jordan. Yeah. And, and probably a bunch of actors in green screen suits. I imagine that's what they did to, you know, have something for Michael Jordan or Bill Murray to talk to. Right. Or like run against because they're playing a game. You know what I mean? They had to like run. They had to play basketball with something. <laughs> so yeah. I imagine there was guys in suits. But yeah, they, they all did such a good job of selling it. And it never felt like a movie. Hmm. You know, it felt like I was just along for the ride. Did you ever play the PlayStation Sega Saturn video game for this? No. I played the PlayStation 1 once. It was at a convention where they just had video games set up all over the place. And I saw one where it had Space Jam in it. And I said, wow, okay, I'll try that. It's terrible. It's really bad. It's, it's, (laughs) It's stiff. You can play as the the Monstars or the you know the, the Looney Tunes team. You get you get two teams to choose from, and you play, and it's oversimplified. It's kind of like they wanted to do NBA Jam, but Looney Tunes style. It's bad, mm. and I was really pissed that you didn't have Michael Jordan in it, but he's on the cover of the game. <laughs> They didn't, he didn't give his likeness approval for the game, it just just for the movie tie-in stuff, but not the game itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand that. Maybe there is some type of rights issues with that. Like, he's an NBA star, so they're not allowed to use his likeness. Maybe. But he could still be on the cover, so I don't know. Whatever. But it's not good anyway. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> That's something that you would own only to, like, have 90s pop culture shit. Right. Uh, or, yeah, Space Jam Completist or something. Yeah. <laughs> How many of those are out there? You <laughs> yeah, know there right. are. There are. <laughs> and God bless many. them. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Someone needs to buy these toys and all this crap from people at uh, garage sales and whatnot. <laughs> Conventions and things, yeah. yeah. Uh, Space Jam for $30. That's a deal. <laughs> you'd, hear, you'd hear me about nine feet away. You're getting ripped off. <laughs> As you're buying like something yeah. from Gremlins or Die Hard or something like that. Ninja 3, the Dominatrix for $35? <laughs> what a steal. 
<laughs> on VHS. Yeah, right. <laughs> and even older. <laughs> what do you buy Space Jam on PlayStation 4, you idiot? This is what you spend your money on. And they're like, I could still play Space Jam. My PlayStation will let me play that. I don't know where to put that plastic brick. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had a VCR in 20 years. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, what about Bible, man? Get out. Just leave. (laughs) (laughs) Bible man's terrific. You don't know what you're missing. (laughs) Says the guy who does have a couple VHSs of them. I have five. I have five Bible man. I Woo! want to complete the entire set. That's five too many. <laughs> it's five delicious pieces of junk food. <laughs> Every one of them is like stale Dorito bags to meal. I would still yeah. eat them. Wonderful. Wonderful. Because <laughs> it's Doritos. <laughs> uh, okay, that'll end it this week. Come back next week for another weirdo November marathon Thanksgiving movie. Yes, correct. Exactly what we've been calling it this whole time. Yeah, every time. (laughs) We are very consistent with our theme month. You can say whatever you want about us, but at least we're consistent. (laughs) Consistently bad. (laughs) Consistently stale Doritos. (laughs) (laughs) But we're always there for you. That's right. We're still Doritos, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So come back next week and remember to be kind. And rewind.